Welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. We're super excited to be doing another teacher feature with Brandon Siegel in Nebraska. We'll let him introduce himself once we kick this episode off, but a friendly reminder that as we head towards the end of the school year, if you have any questions about platform, come visit our website at plt4m.com. We are a team of educators and coaches. We are in the trenches with all of you and we want to help out any way we can, big or small, we're here to help. So come check us out, plt4m.com. With that, we'll go ahead and get started. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right. As I said, we're super excited to be uh, welcoming on another teacher and coach out of Nebraska. So we've been featuring different teachers and coaches all across the country. And today we have on Brandon Siegel. Brandon, thanks for joining us so much. Thanks for having me, Doug. Appreciate it. Awesome. And so every episode's a little bit different uh, when we have these teachers and coaches on, but I think always just to give some context, it's always helpful to know and our listeners to check out who it is we're actually talking to, you know, so if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about your role at your school, where you're teaching, the school size, it just helps put into context for other listeners, kind of the different situations that our teachers and coaches are in this year, especially with all the craziness going on. Sure, absolutely. Well, I am currently the PE teacher at Fullerton Public Schools in Fullerton, Nebraska. Uh, I teach K through 12 PE. So we have a very small school district, uh, a little over 300 kids K through 12. And I teach kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. There's only one PE teacher in the entire district. And that's me. And we're looking. Uh, at <laughs> yeah, so it's quite a workload. Um, in addition to being a teacher, I'm also the strength and conditioning coordinator. I am the head varsity football coach, and I am the head junior high track coach. So um, very typical with a smaller school district. You wear sure. a lot of hats. Sure. And the hats example is one we always use in here, you know, especially in the world of teaching and coaching. We're juggling a lot of different things, and it sounds like you're uh, certainly representing that, that many hats category very well. So today we're going to probably focus a little bit more on the probably middle school and high school groups, obviously, just given what we do here at Platform and how you utilize that. Um, you've been using Platform for a few years now, but just generally before we even dive into what you've had to do in the past year, talk to us a little bit about sort of your philosophy at that middle school and high school level and how you approach PE. Is it a mix of fitness, strength and conditioning, games, activities? What's sort of like a general year look like for students as they kind of navigate through their PE curriculum? Yeah, so uh, starting with 7 through 12, um, and again, I teach K through 12, but if we're looking at the 7 through 12 aspect of it, it's very much a fitness education curriculum with the end goal of educating students in a way that they have the tools and knowledge necessary to lead a life of health-enhancing physical activity. Um, so starting in seventh grade, uh, I incorporate the 100-level uh, platform classes. We learn about a lot of different movement patterns. Uh, in eighth grade, we take those 200-level classes, which are the intro to weight training classes. And then from ninth grade on up, we dive into those 300-level classes and get really into the bulk of uh, strength training, um, but also let students explore other aspects such as uh, yoga, mastery mobility. Um, that 9 through 12 is kind of that time for them to explore what is their niche, what do they really like as far as being physically active. Um, in being a K through 12 PE teacher, 
uh, the number of seven through 12 classes that I have are very limited. So there's only one section of every class that I take. I only have seventh graders for one semester in the year. I only have eighth graders for one semester in the year. Um, and then I have ninth graders, just one class of ninth graders. And then I have one, currently one, but we're gonna be expanding. I have one advanced PE class, which is a 10 through 12 class. Gotcha. And honestly, that's a, a cool experience because you kind of, you know, we, we talk to schools that sometimes are teachers that are bigger of like, well, I have the high schoolers. I wish I could get my hands on the middle school program so that we could set up a foundation or vice versa. You know, we're doing some great foundational stuff and I'd love to see that progress. You have a really cool viewpoint and experience because you get to see that entire kind of journey, as you said, of setting students up for that fit for life experience. Um, and you touched on sort of setting that foundation at that seventh and eighth grade level. What do you see or experience at that level of kids kind of getting their hands on fitness for the first time? Obviously, you've also gotten to work with them beforehand. So they know you, they've had experience with you, you've set up probably a foundation. Obviously, it's not like you're starting at seventh grade, because you've had them K through six as well. But as you start to transition into more of that fitness, you know, focused PE, What's that like? How do you go about introducing it so it's not intimidating? So it is something that they feel like they can kind of like get their hands on and be comfortable with. That's a great question. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. The first part to it is I think familiarity with the teacher. Um, so they know me. Um, it's not a new face to get used to. Um, and it's great because sometimes in a bigger school district, uh, you need multiple teachers that have the same philosophy and are on the same page which sometimes due to busy schedules can be kind of an overwhelming thing. So I really enjoy the aspect of having uh, complete control, I guess you could say, over everything K through 12. And we do start some movement pattern stuff in the elementary. We sure. do things like body squats. Um, you know, we, we work the points of emphasis on the push up. Um, we integrate a lot of those things in K through six. Um, but I think platforming itself does a really good job in uh, progressing kids into and kind of easing them into a program without making them feel overwhelmed. Um, when we go over the curriculum in seventh grade at the beginning of the year, um, I often see faces um, of kids and they just are like, they're maybe just a little like taken back or maybe they feel a little overwhelmed or a little hesitant about the prospect of strength training or any fitness education type stuff. Um, but really, when you're starting with those 100 level classes and they start to get into it for the first couple of weeks, um, it's so based on self-growth and not comparing yourself to everyone else in the class. It's, it's, and, and Platform does a great job. You're taking assessment. You're getting your numbers. You're testing before and after. They can see that growth. And I think that that ease into a program and then that focus on improving on yourself and not comparing yourself to others in the class really promotes a healthy fitness education program. For sure. And I think that's something we've heard resonate with a lot of people is often, uh, you know, historically speaking, physical education has sometimes presented opportunities where kids feel like they're being kind of compared against each other. Yeah. And even, you know, certain tests that would say you're in this percentile or that percentile and not really always fostering that individual growth that we want because we're trying to gear them that by the time they're graduating, right, that they have that opportunity to be like, I can continue doing this on my own or mm -hmm. go to a gym myself or a YMCA or a local fitness center. And I think 
to be able, like you said, even at the elementary school level and then into middle school level where there are probably some, some wide eyes when we start to talk about barbells and different things like that, that progression of fitness 101 and 102, where it's just really kind of, you know, not an intimidating program can be awesome. And I think we'll, I want to get back to what you talked about in terms of activity and progress tracking. Cause I think it's cool in your experience of, you know, that full progression of year over year, getting to help foster that experience. But before we do that, I think eighth grade is something I want to focus in on a little bit. And it's only a semester, like you said, but you know, not a lot of middle school programs get the opportunity to start to introduce weightlifting. Um, you know, that's a, again, a really nice opportunity that it sounds like at your school, you're getting to foster because you have that control of what the curriculum looks like and everything else like that. What do you see there? Because I think, you know, from a, a weightlifting perspective, we hear eighth grade, we think, I don't know if they're ready. And you've already gotten that seventh grade to know that you're onboarding them in. You've gotten that chance to develop it. When you get to that eighth grade, how do you approach it? Because again, it, there's a lot of moving parts, especially at that age range in, in terms of not being intimidating, but also doing it safely. Right. And that's what, that's like the number one thing that we promote when we start that, that weight training in eighth grade is we want to do things the right way. Um, we, we really emphasize form over weight and everything that we do. We understand that kids, uh, more than anything at that age, uh, there's a lot of different hormones starting to, and they, and they kind of get a little competitive in nature too. So sometimes, uh, they might want to throw on a little bit more weight sure. or they might want to do this, but we always emphasize the points of performance and really just work in that form over anything else. Um, I mentioned that I'm K through 12. And the classes that I have, some through 12, are very limited. So in addition, we have a, a period zero, I guess uh, you could call it. But at 630 in the morning, uh, I come in and we essentially have another strength training class, which is open to anyone 7 through 12. Nice. And I have a lot of eighth graders that come in for that class. Um, it's, it's open to anybody. But um, throughout that whole process, I think it's very important as you're introducing uh, barbell use and, and utilizing weights in any way, you really have to focus on that form. Right. Nice. And I think that's obviously a great kind of place for a lot of them. They're excited about it. You know, like you said, there's, there's that transition around seventh, eighth grade of, you know, I'm not a little kid anymore. And now I'm starting to like gear towards high school. Um, what do you all have just from an equipment perspective to be able to facilitate that? Uh, do you have PVC pipes? Do you have any training bars or how do you go about that? Cause obviously sometimes yep. equipment so, can dictate some of that. Absolutely. So yeah, we do have PVC pipes. I mean, and that's for any school, that's a very cheap investment that goes a million miles as far as the development of kids. Sure. Um, we do have some training bars that are lighter and I, I highly recommend that. Um, especially if you're going to try to incorporate some of that weight training in junior high, uh, you need to accommodate for every student's current ability. Um, a lot of times, a uh, 45 pound barbell is just not going to do it for some kids. I right, mean, that's not gonna half to, of some people's body weights. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just yeah. not going to be able to do it the right way. So yeah. by having things like PVC pipes and training bars, um, and encouraging that good form and celebrating when you're doing something correctly rather than when you're doing something heavy, 
um, you're really going to encourage everyone to do their best and to really grow throughout that process. I highly recommend PVC pipes and training bars. Um, a big reason why we start in eighth grade with that is uh, we have off-season strength conditioning, you know, summer strength conditioning for our sports teams. Uh, you know, a lot of times those uh, upcoming freshmen, you know, they're going to be part of varsity teams now. Uh, they're going to be going from eighth grade to ninth grade. They want to take part in, in off-season strength conditioning. Sure. So I want that foundation of weight training there in eighth grade so they don't walk into the weight room uh, the summer before their freshman year and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. And that's a perfect place to transition into high school. I think we've, we've done a good job talking about seventh grade, eighth grade. You talked at the beginning of the uh, podcast a little bit about kind of that ninth to 12th grade experience being a little bit more student choice. You've set the foundation in middle school. We know that everyone's checked the boxes in terms of knowing the proper movement mechanics that they can then start to kind of like sort of diverge into what their interests are. So what's going on in those typical high school level classes? Are there all sorts of programs running at once that, you know, the, the students are choosing? Are you helping to pick them? If some students aren't quite sure what they should be doing, how, what does that look like? Because obviously there's probably a lot of different groups of kids in there. All the above, all the above. So like I said, uh, I have ninth grade class. Um, uh, kids at this school in ninth grade are required to take PE. And then from there on, it's, a, it's an optional course. And right now we only have one, we call it advanced PE class, which is available for 10 through 12 grade students. Um, so, I mean, in a, and I've worked in bigger districts before, um, where I just taught seven through 12, yeah. well, I would have multiple advanced PE sections and I, one could be a lifetime activities class. One could be an athletic strength training class. One could be just a regular fitness class in a small school district, such as this, you really don't have that time. Right. They're all back. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone gets meshed in together. So starting in their ninth grade year, uh, we go over um, curriculum, um, but we're, we're really diving into those 300 level classes. And if you are an athlete, um, I pretty much uh, direct you into an in-season or off-season program, depending on you know, when your sports season is. Sure. So um, athletes in ninth or 12th grade participate in season or off-season strength conditioning programs. Um, if you are not involved in interscholastic sports, uh, you kind of get that choice. You can still participate in an in-season or off-season program. And I do have some students that do that just because they have a buddy that they're comfortable working with that is involved in athletics and they want to do that. But I also have many students who want to explore, you know, maybe seventh and eighth grade um, and the weight training, they kind of figured out maybe that just wasn't for them. You know, and I don't want to offer just one straight course all the way through uh, 9 through 12 PE, because like I said, I want students to develop passion for being physically active. Sure. And platform does an excellent job of providing variety. You know, I as a teacher am very limited, not only in my schedule, but in my experiences too, right? I mean, we go through our education and uh, we kind of become a jack of all trades, but a master at none in some, in some aspects yeah. of it. Um, you know, I am not a certified yoga instructor, but uh, I feel like the yoga program through platform is awesome. And it goes beyond what I could ever teach the kids in class. Right. Um, there I, are, think, I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and even when, you know, part of my job here at platform is trying to find 
the certified instructors. And even doing that is challenging. And we yeah. have, you know, we're starting to draw from eight, nine, 10 different people who have worked with high school students and in in specializing in that field. And we know there are PE teachers that are yoga instructors on the side and certified in that, but then they look at strength and conditioning and are like, well, I have no experience teaching weights. And so it's that, like you said, jack of all trades and master of none dilemma that PE just always kind of starts to get all of the different stacks that they're expected to be able to teach and teach well. So that, like you mentioned, it's done safely and kids actually like doing it and enjoy doing it and can see it as an opportunity outside of school as well. That's a, that's a tall task that, you know, any PE teacher is, is well familiar with. Absolutely. And prior to platform, what I would do is, you know, and let's just use yoga as an example, I would have an instructor come in for maybe a day and take kids through a session. Well, in the end of the day, that's an experience. They really didn't get to take part in a program and really dive in deep to things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 awesome to have those resources at your disposal, especially when 10th or 12th grade, you have one class. So you have one opportunity during the day to get all of those programs in. And if you were to walk into one of my classrooms, you're going to see 25, 30 kids uh, taking part in probably five, six, seven different types of programs. Um, and, and that's another thing that I wouldn't be able to do as a teacher. I can't teach during one class period, seven or eight different programs. Right. right. Um, so, I mean, platforms, a great tool for distributing versifying within your classroom. Awesome. And so then, you know, a great, a great kind of follow-up question I always like to ask to that is, So as all of those different programs are going on, you know, what are you doing to help facilitate all of that? Are you working with some groups more than others because, you know, they might need a little bit more help on a given day because of a challenging movement? Or how do you see your role kind of evolving now as a PE teacher in that you have six or seven programs going on? What what are you doing kind of, you know, facilitating all of these moving parts? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, platform is awesome as an instructional tool, uh, but I don't think it completely replaces the need for a teacher in the classroom. I mean, there still needs to be a a certified uh, quality instructor within that classroom to make sure kids are doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do exactly what you said. Um, There are some more different groups that are more confident in their abilities. Uh, Like I said, I've got kids that come in for a period zero. Uh, They know exactly what they're doing when they come to class. I get to, as the teacher, spend more time working with those kids that find their workouts a little bit more challenging or have more questions, but still feel confident as the teacher that these guys over here on this section know what they're doing. They're still getting the instruction that they need. I'm not getting uh, working with a kid over here that needs some one-on-one time and getting questions all the time. Mr. Siegel, what do we do next? Mr. Siegel, what do we do next? Mr. Siegel, what do we do next? Platform has totally gotten rid of that. And that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think what's always been telling, even within the last years, obviously there have been a lot of programs in schools across this, the country that have been at home and been using platform at home. And the question becomes, well, what happens when we get back into school? Um, And I think a great example of it still needs to be, you know, kind of coexisting of, of teachers and platform and all the different resources, like you said, of an instructional tool. There are a lot of kids that came back in that we've heard from teachers that their form was a little bit off. They still needed that like teacher feedback. And there are a lot of things that 
need to still be that hands-on experience teacher to student. Hopefully with platform, you're now freed up, like you said, from some of the more kind of Mr. Siegel, Mr. Siegel, Mr. Siegel's and can actually spend more time in that kind of like hands-on really guided instructional work that we would hopefully be able to do more often than the Mr. Siegel, Mr. Siegel, Mr. Siegel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I truly do appreciate it because it's, it's like having six different teachers in a classroom at one time. It really Mm -hmm. is. Um, And I've got to obviously schedule, I've got to manage, um, I've got to coach it up, but there's far less of that to do during the actual class time. Yep. Um, due to the availability of platform. For sure. Awesome. And I think as we've now done a great kind of overview of what it looks like, like I mentioned, I want to go back to what we talked about a little bit with the data and activity, because you and I have talked about this off, you know, the podcast, as well as you've talked about it a little bit in other things that we've done, um, is that data tracking opportunity at a few different levels. And I really like the way you'd structured it in the past, talking about it for the student perspective the teacher perspective and the administrative perspective. I think there's sort of layers to what you've been able to do and you you do a great job sort of explaining those different layers. So maybe we can start at the student perspective um, and sort of build our way up and and talk about the different layers that you've been able to see with some of that data and feedback that kids are getting. Yeah, absolutely. When you're talking about data and assessment, it it really is three tier and all three tiers are looking for something a little bit different um, from that assessment, from that data. Uh, the students absolutely love to see growth. You know, if, if a kid can look at their phone and they get a little trophy that says my max just went up five pounds, they're feeling good about themselves. Um, whereas in the past, it might have been hard uh, for me as a teacher to keep track of everyone's stats or they would have had to do it themselves and had to do a little bit of math. Um, the data from a student perspective and the assessment from a student perspective is really uh, an awesome motivating factor to keep them physically active as they continue through junior high and high school. So uh, students love that because they can actually physically see the growth in themselves due to the program and the way that it's set up. Um, From the teacher perspective, I love it because I can check in on my students and I can see growth throughout the the entire curriculum. And I can see growth, but I can also see lack of growth. I can see where I might wanna change some things or redirect a student or maybe work with a student a little bit more. It's it's hard when you've got a class of 30 kids and you've only got two eyes and you're trying to keep an eye on everyone. Well, if I'm able to go back into a computer or on my phone after a class and kind of review what everyone did, Uh, Maybe I saw that they failed a test set. Um, Then we can kind of revisit things. And it really allows me to keep tabs of all of my students within my class. Um, If I'm gone for a a day and the sub has to uh, manage class, I can still check in on my kids and make sure that they're doing their workouts. I mean, it is an awesome tool from a teacher perspective because I can just, and I have that assessment there to look back on for years and years and years in progress reports. Um, And then from an administrator perspective, uh, administrators are all about the numbers, you know, and they they wanna see growth. They wanna see statistics. What is your curriculum doing for the kids numbers wise? So I can sit down with an administrator, whether it's my high school principal, whether it's my superintendent and say, okay, here's 
what this class is doing. Here, here's the growth they've shown as a class. Here's the growth they've shown as individuals. And that's a huge contributing factor. It's not the case here, but in a lot of areas, PE is really fighting for time throughout the school day. And you're really fighting for the legitimacy of your curricular area. So the more information, the more assessment, the more data that you can present in administration saying, hey, look, these, these kids are progressing, they're living healthy lifestyles, they're learning things, that is really going to promote your curricular area. And really, uh, it's going to be in your corner in regards to when it comes time to say, hey, PE needs to stay in the school. We need to have it this many days a week. Um, and here's what it's doing for the student body. Awesome. And I think, like you said, the proof is often in the numbers. And for students, they can see that. They can feel that change. But I think sometimes seeing, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm moving a little bit up or I'm, I'm this is what my graph or my chart looks like. That's really cool. From a teacher's perspective, you have that opportunity to sort of like insert yourself when needed. Some kids are going to see that progress and just keep moseying along. Others are going to need a little bit more kind of feedback from you. And, you know, again, as a teacher, your ability to put things into perspective for kids, sometimes the numbers don't add up to a student, but you're able to sort of help kind of guide them as to why or why not, you know, a number is moving in a certain direction. And your administrative points, I think, are awesome in, in terms of understanding that, you know, PE can and, and has the opportunity to use numbers in a, in a positive perspective and pair it with a lot of those kind of, you know, more um, qualitative results as well. I think a lot of times PE has leaned on qualitative in a world that is pushing data, whether we like it or not, that right. quantitative needs to be part of it. Um, because, you know, math and science and English and all these different areas have some quantitative, of course, they use qualitative as well. But, you know, being able to use that same kind of measuring stick of growth can go a long way from from an administrative perspective. Like you said, not at your district, it's, it's you know, being valued and you're supported by your administration. But you know, being able to meet them halfway and saying, this is, I am continuing this is really awesome as well. Right. And if, if I'm a teacher and I am uh, trying to justify my curricular area, if I'm in any sort of fight, as far as like keeping P in the classroom, uh, you need quantitative uh, data. You do. I mean, you need numbers. Um, it can't just be a opinion piece. It's, right. You have to have numbers, you have to have data, and then use that data to connect the dots between uh, physical activity and GPA. You know, I encourage teachers to look at those numbers. If the participants within PE classes hold a higher GPA than students who do not uh, participate in PE classes, uh, I mean, anything that you can get in your corner for your PE program, yep. um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And I think the, the place will wrap up because again, it's a unique situation. You've been using platform for a, a few years now, and you've been working with these kids for years and years on end, being able to be that K through 12 teacher is um, something I think is really cool is that you have now a few years of data that you're able to see some of that growth. Um, what's that like in terms of showing that back? Is there any ever a point where like you help kind of put it in perspective for admins or students where you're like, look at the, the years, not even just the months or, you know, semesters worth, but let's take a look at the larger picture and, and point it out. Or how do you do that? I think the biggest thing is uh, from a student's perspective, you know, just to encourage 
not only the students that have been doing things for a few years, but also those first timers. Um, I often say whether I'm a teacher or a coach, um, if I'm talking to a football captain, you know, something said from you means a million thing, million times more than something that's coming from a coach, right. because, because that's a peer. Um, I love it when I have a junior in high school that's in a period zero with an eighth grader who's just coming in and they're looking at this junior who's lifting all of this weight, doing all of these impressive things. And it's a role model. And the junior tells the eighth grader, you know, the eighth grader will ask, oh, man, I want to do that. Or, and, the eighth, and the junior will say, just trust the process, trust yep. the process, follow the program trust the process right and they know that because as a junior or eighth grade or whatever grade you can get on your phone and you can look at your progress report you can see your growth over time sure. and uh that junior can pull up their phone and show that eighth grader hey this is where i was in eighth grade and yeah. you know i was i was right here's the data point work. when i was your yeah absolutely i mean and just just trust it and that that promotes a lot of buy-in from from the kids awesome and i think that's cool too in that a lot of times we hear well the eighth grader sees the junior lifting a bunch of weights and to your earlier point then is like well i want to put a bunch of weights on but because you have sort of that data and that example of like no no no, all the eighth graders have been at this point and to get to that next level you have to be willing to use the pvc pipes the training bars and everything else like that that works in tandem you know being able to have those different groups see those different sides and not just Oh, the junior's doing this, so I need to do it too. Let me throw the weights on and do it incorrectly or with bad form. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think this is a good place to stop. I don't know. We've we've touched on a lot. We've really gotten to see that 7th through 12th experience. We've talked a lot about data. Anything else that I haven't touched on that's worth noting or or any experiences that you wanted to share before we wrap up? You know, we've covered quite a bit, but I'll just wrap it up by saying that um, if you're interested in a tool that's going to advance your PE program, primarily your 7th or 12th PE program exponentially, uh, you need to take a look at at platform. One thing we really didn't talk about a lot is is the curriculum and the progression flow and the different avenues that you can take through platform. Um, There are a lot of programs out there all good. Just part of the part of the job. <laughs> There's a lot of programs out there that uh, that provide workouts, but it's not a true curriculum progression. I really feel like platform meshes really well with physical education. You know, if you're looking for it outside of the the sports dynamic, and you're looking just to incorporate something in your PE class, platforms there. And we didn't talk a lot about. I mean, I'm I'm the head football coach too. And I wouldn't still be doing platform if I didn't see progress from an athletic standpoint as well. Sure. It is a, a great tool to develop athletes. Um, I have been very happy both with my male and female athletes and their progress throughout the, throughout the seasons, throughout the year, keeping them healthy, getting them stronger, um, really all of the above. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I think what you just touched on and what we strive to do here at Platform, and it's nice to hear from a teacher and coach that's juggling all of the different things is that it's not just a random hodgepodge of workouts. There's, you know, some progression in track, both for students and student athletes that all are going to end up with different goals and experiences. And, you know, a lot of times a teacher will hear, well, 
I work at a big school, so I don't want to hear what the small school says, or I work at a small school, so I have no interest in what the big school has to say. But I think what your experience shows is kind of almost like a small little uh, case study, if you will, of if you had full control over a program, what it could look like, um, because you have your hands from that, you know, K to K through 12, but also seven through 12 experience, both in PE and obviously, you know, within athletics, you have a a good amount of touch within, you know, the strength and conditioning world, your blocks here and everything else like that, you know, can we take that and take it from one teacher and coach to two to three to four to five? I think the answer is yes. In a lot of ways, like you talked about, um, you know, getting people onto the same page when it's a, a department meeting of one, it might be a little bit easier to convince other folks of different things, but, uh, as well, obviously working with larger schools, we we've seen it can happen at both ways, but I think in your example and your kind of story that we've gotten to hear today, you know, being able to have that control and seeing what it would look like when you have it working on all cylinders is really cool to hear. Absolutely. Any, any level, if you are a small school teacher, uh, a one person department who feels like you need a few more teachers to, uh, to, to provide students the variety that they need platform is for you. If you are a bigger program composed of many people within a PE department and are looking for a piece to really, uh, connect you and to get you all on the same page platform can be for you. For sure. Awesome. Well, that's a great place to stop, Brandon. I appreciate you joining us. Um, this has an, been an awesome conversation and cool to see what your experiences have been like. Uh, if you know this sparked your interest as you listen, please again, come check out platform pltforum.com, as well as if you ever have questions for us or any of our teachers or coaches like Brandon, you know, all of our community is, is there to help and have conversations if it's something that you need to, to chat about. So with that, we'll wrap up. And as we always close out with, we thank everybody for listening. We wish everybody the best of luck with uh, the rest of their school years, knowing that it has been quite the crazy year and we're, we're rooting for you and are in your corner. So with that, we'll close and at platform, it's always in pursuit of better.